guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers, and this is Pat O. Pat O, how was your? Uh, ooh, I know this is a hard question. But how was <laughs> we your just, weekend? We just got done listening to me fucking rant and rave for forty five minutes. But you just tell me how your weekend was. So no, I didn't actually. Now that I think about it, um, my weekend was all right. I didn't do anything too crazy. We finished the uh, recording season one of wired uh, along okay. with the holiday special so that's definitely going to happen it's definitely in the can um and that was kind of it that was my saturday watch jungle cruise it was just whatever um, it was whatever okay i've watched yeah, it I don't, I don't know. this isn't a film podcast so i won't fucking go into deep so it was all right uh that was it just kind of doing the sober thing for the next couple sure. who knows how long and trying not to kill everybody around me and, and just being a fucking miserable prick i <laughs> know <laughs> i've seen you on social media a lot lately really i feel like you've been on there a lot well i've got your notifications turned on on twitter because i'm a stalker so i see everything that you post maybe that's, that's why that's super awesome thank you i didn't mean a lot to me i don't want to uh, miss your stuff you post a lot of, i mean you do post cool things i don't want to miss it so i i turn it on for people that i, that I, I guess i care about so don't tell anybody that i said uh, that but oh I, that's awesome yeah i uh i guess i've been back a little i don't know i i really don't think so i actually came very close to deleting my instagram uh this week just because i was like i don't know man like i just i get i get so fucking fed up with social media it's such like a it's such bullshit and you know facebook i'm kind of obligated to have just because of the whole parent sure thing and my kids are involved with stuff and other people's kids are involved with stuff and you know i'm just that's something i don't i don't i feel like you can't really function in society if you don't have a facebook to a certain extent socially so i have that but i don't really use it I, mm -hmm. I me and you were friends on there but like no i don't do anything else on there really like even like this movie that i'm doing which we're shooting the first day of filming is this upcoming sunday yeah. um they tag me and stuff all the time you know and i'm like i'm not gonna and i always like i have my notifications set up to where i have to approve something before it pops up on my wall it's like i, I don't want the pta moms to know that i'm the fucking script supervisor on torture the flesh like <laughs> no i'm not promoting your fucking movie dude sorry you know <laughs> now then you go over to my instagram and my twitter and it's a little bit different i run a, i run a little bit more of a slip shot and i can do what the fuck i want um i actually i have absolutely no filter on twitter but like instagram is kind of like halfway but still i just like it's just fucking I, I don't know i'm i'm very this is what happens when i quit smoking primarily when i you know the drinking and everything else that doesn't affect me as much but when i quit smoking like you know nicotine is a sedative like it calms me the fuck down and it allows me to function in society without fucking wanting to scream at what what a bunch of phonies everybody is yeah and like when i stop smoking i'm just like you know i remember when i was seeing my shrink and i was telling him about it he's like would well, you feel that you're more like uh you, you know you're more aggravated or you're more like you know um just like amped up and i'm like no i i don't think that it's me that changes i think that i just like if anything I'm just like not able to handle fucking the stupidity that's around me more. Yeah. You know, it's not, and this, it's, this is the world that we live in. And that's why like fucking substance abuse problems are such a huge fucking problem with our society is because everybody's trying to medicate themselves to just like get through another day of bullshit. And when yeah. you take away like all of the fucking self-medication and like, 
self-soothing techniques and you're just like okay now i'm just going to exist in the world and look at everything for face value you, it, I, you, it, you get incredibly frustrated because you're like oh my god i can't believe that we live in this fucked up of a world our society oh, yeah. is this fucking like off kilter and shit and that our value system is just fucked up you know um so i sound like a crazy person so <laughs> i'm just gonna stop talking for five minutes and i'm gonna ask you how your weekend was <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it was, it was interesting. Um, I, you know, so I, I guess full disclosure, my, uh, my aunt is in the hospital. She's not doing well. Um, she, you know, is not doing good and that's just not good. I'm not doing, I'm not doing good because she's not doing good. So I know everybody's yeah. seen my, my whining on social media, speaking of which, but, um, you know, I, I think I'm allowed to right now. So. Well, yeah, there you, you were tagged, talking about being tagged in a picture. You were tagged in a picture and it looks like you and like your sister and cousin or something going to the hospital but everyone's smiling in the car <laughs> oh my god yes. yeah i was like um not that i hey moments of levity are needed in situations like this watch watch the i could just about fucking die no that's no my my sister that's my sister and uh, my daughter actually uh my <laughs> my giant nine-year-old um is <laughs> in the car with us and uh my sister you know tagged tagged my aunt so like when you go and look at my aunt's facebook page who's fucking on a ventilator in the hospital right now this is the post that she's like oh my aunt is dying but we had a great time going to Schuler's. So yeah look at we're at the bakery everyone's <laughs> smiling and shit and i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah hey you know sometimes the donuts make the a world of difference i'm not well, gonna judge. right i mean you know that's the thing you know about grief is that even though you know we had, we had just spent hours and hours at the hospital and like not everybody you can't just like everybody can't go in right my daughter couldn't go in and she was with us and so like um we me and my sister would like take turns and we kind of you know we'd go up for a minute come back down you know whatever i have a massive fucking family like that's another thing people all know is that um like I, first of all i'm italian okay i have a very italian family and and it's big so like my grandmother went and had uh five kids and then those kids had five kids and then those kids had five kids and so <laughs> you know it's it's big there's hundreds of us we all don't fit in one place at one time it's not possible right and so you know so while i'm at the hospital you know there's always somebody there always and not just one person there's always a group of people there so i'm like also kind of visiting and kind of catching up me and my family have a very weird relationship because basically all of them have disowned me because i'm a witch and because i'm a prostitute now i'm only one of those things so i don't <laughs> it's not a prostitute uh well no drop my only fans down below no um but really you know that's i i was thinking about doing sex work i never did it because it's a lot of work and because of the work part the work because of the work part the word work in the title real it really is a lot of work it really is and i'm just like you know what it's a lot of social media marketing and it's a lot of you know just taking your pictures i'm I'm body dysmorphic so i already don't feel like i look good naked you know i've got issues with that even though like when i'm like i will go to a party and get completely butt-ass naked not have a care in the world i'll show anybody my titties like really i will i'm like oh they're just titties you touch them it's fine but you know other than that like i don't like taking pictures of myself is different because then i have to like look at myself and i don't like to so you know it's probably i don't know how surprising that is to people but it's if you know I, what it is so if i was a girl i think the problem i would have with the sex work thing is that you're forced to collaborate with people that are ultimately your competitors as well and like 
you know, I get that, like, you're all, because you're all kind of fighting for the same scraps. And, like, right. you're fighting for, like, the same, like, handful of dudes that are going to throw you fucking five, ten bucks or whatever. And, like, I don't know. And then you do all this stuff, and can you just walk away from it one day? Like, I don't know. I, it, I'll file it under, I will never have to have that, you know, I never have to worry about having this problem. <laughs> right. No one's ever going to fucking offer me any amount of money to take my clothes off. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love that. I love that more women are doing it. I'm I'm here for it. I will support all of your, your sex work ventures. It's just that for me personally, I don't think it's something that I could do. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I'd never say never, but you know, I, it's just not something I think it's I great. I think it's, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's like super empowering and like. On on the last podcast that I did for uh, the college uh, radio station, we had a chick on that ran had a had a very lucrative empire that she ran entirely off her cell phone. No other equipment. I mean, eh, yeah, she got a ring light eventually and fucking whatever. But like, other than that, she was creating content. She was selling content. She was doing the uh, the money transactions. Everything was happening right off her smartphone. Yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, of course, they all lie about how much they're making, but she was paying taxes on it, like it was a legit thing, you know. Right. And uh, I think that it's great that we're at that, and I think that you know, for as much as guys hound chicks for you know pictures or titties, like if you can monetize that, go for it. Right. You know. Right. No, so. I agree. I mean, right. I mean, so you know, I'm I'm happy with people doing it. The fact of the matter is, is that I probably don't look as bad as I think I do naked um you know not even close it's just that i don't know what i look like i'm not able to see that because again i i'm i'm body dysmorphic i can't tell what i look like so I, you know to me i i think i'm you know 400 pounds and ugly as fuck but the rest of the world seems to think otherwise i don't know what y'all see believe it or not but i don't see it so anyway 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 so my family did not like this i guess that i was even entertaining the idea of sex work and uh you know so they all don't talk to me anymore and uh most of them blocked me on social media so Oh, that's great. But, you know, so it was awkward. It was weird. You know, I just have weird, you know, I kind of have mentioned some things about my past to you guys. I'm not going to get into it, but just weird history. So I had to see certain people like my father, you know, <laughs> it's just a lot. And then we went to the, the fucking Schuler's Bakery and Schuler's Bakery is is definitely um a happy place. It is. It's it's uh, people come from all, all over the world to go to Schuler's. It's located in shitty Springfield, Ohio. I don't know how many people are familiar with Springfield, Ohio here, but I'm sure <laughs> if, if you know about Springfield, you know about Schuler's. Um, but you know, that was, that was great. And it's got some, uh, very interesting history to it. So, um, and you know, I'll, I'll get to that, but you know, so it was, a, it was, it was a very reflective weekend and, uh, that's, that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's all right. It happens, you know, it wasn't great. Um, right. but I'm going to more than make up for it this coming yeah. weekend because I will be in West Virginia at Cryptid Bash and I cannot, cannot, cannot fucking wait. I just, <laughs> I absolutely cannot fucking wait. I've already told everybody I'm, and I don't, I don't know who's going to listen to this, uh, you know, before, <laughs> before I see you guys, but I'm kissing everybody on the mouth. I don't care. I don't care. I've, I've been vaccinated. I've been vaccinated. I'm kissing y'all on the mouth. It's going to happen. And, uh. <laughs> okay maybe i won't kiss everybody on the mouth but most of you most of you i will and uh you're already already talking about how you like to get drunk at parties and walk around naked so i do (laughs) i do right so you guys need well that's what um 
what's her name sarah was we, me and sarah were talking about it with you know the snallygaster uh you know curator museum curator and she's just you know she was like man i can't wait i'm so excited i was like yeah she was like are you bringing your daughter i was like no and absolutely not i said no we're all gonna get drunk and my titties are gonna be out the whole night you just need to <laughs> deal with that she's like oh okay so <laughs> i don't know you know it's but it's no it's gonna be lots of fun it's definitely something it's been a weird year and this is definitely something that that i need to do so yeah. i'm excited so uh morgantown west virginia august the 7th saturday uh cryptid bash if you're you know around and you want to go you definitely should there's going to be a lot of amazing people there um it's being put on by the moth boys um from the moth boys podcast so it's an exclusive event for them um but yeah i mean i know pat you're not gonna go but uh you know no i traveled i saw you that was that and then in <laughs> october i'm gonna be hanging out with uh tobias and some other internet friends at uh game hole up in madison so yeah so you, you got a busy schedule going and plus, on like so. that's really far for me like and that that's i mean that's like east coast shit and i know you're you're yeah. more midwest than i am so it's mm-hmm. I mean, but still for you it's like a, isn't it like a seven hour drive yeah no it's not oh. i thought it i thought it was further it's because i'm stupid when i looked it up on google maps to see how far it was um i realized that uh i had uh highways turned off <laughs> it's still four and a half hours though but we're going for the whole oh, that's weekend not, we're gonna be... no that's not bad yeah no it's not bad at all so we're going i mean we're going for and right that's the only reason why we're going for the weekend is because it's you know we don't have to worry about it driving i can't imagine driving eight hours in one day but we would do it i've done it before um right. but we're going friday night we're coming back saturday so or sunday so cool it will be uh lots of fun so i'm definitely definitely looking forward to that um but Send me pictures, drunk dial me. Well, absolutely, I will drunk dial you. You know I will. It's yeah. gonna be, you know, especially because I'm gonna have Anne with me, and me and Anne have not really seen each other this year, and that's kind of strange because, you know, I, it just is like it's supposed to be me and Anne, and yeah, we're, we're, we're insult and injury. I mean, that's what we are, and and we haven't, <laughs> been, you know, we haven't been together, so um it's gonna be but it's gonna be great i think she needs it you know she's been going through her stuff and and i need it and i just it's we're, we're gonna get all kinds of wild so it'll be tons and tons of fun cool um but yeah so that was uh that was my weekend in a nutshell but um i guess we should like get into the news we need the we need some news right do we, we have any? any we do i got some news i got some really yeah. good really good news um so there has been i don't know if you remember but last year there were a couple of events back to back that were happening in la i don't know if i'm pretty sure they were happening in la around the los angeles international airport where uh the pilots were seeing somebody floating around in a jetpack jetpack guy yeah i heard about that i heard about this recent one that you're just about to talk about yep and he's back so another jetpack guy has been sighted um i i don't i'm pretty sure you and i have talked about this on the show i'm almost positive you've been around long enough for us to talk about it what do you think about this guy pat uh, i don't know if we did um you know do you, so i mean it's one of two things either it's a dude in a jetpack and that's possible mm-hmm. um you know there's a lot of rich assholes in la and we know that the, the technology exists in some kind of form to where somebody could have a prototype and and you know or a special effects guy could be out there and fuck around with it or i mean it could be a misidentified cryptid right those are those are kind of the two options um 
and I, uh, I don't know. I think uh, it's if it is legitimately a guy with a jetpack, because jetpacks aren't exactly common, but at the same time, not completely unheard of. Um, I think that would be really interesting, you know. Um, yeah. But at the same time, who knows? Maybe it's uh, maybe it's some kind of cryptid or something. I I don't. I mean, I don't think it's a. I mean, I would think it's more alien than a cryptid. Uh, you know, I think that would make sense. Um, but you know, for for a jetpack, I just don't think it's an actual you know human with a jet. I mean, we don't have jetpacks that can do what this thing was doing, right? I mean, we don't have jetpacks that first of all can go that high. I'm not an I'm not an authority on on the technology and where we're exactly at with it, but I know that like I'm sure if you just did like a cursory Google search about like legit jetpack technology and the kind of test things that have been made public, um, I don't think it's completely out of the out of the question. But it, it's definitely interesting to have to see a civilian have it you know because because they're violating airspace rules and what they're doing like they're not you know it's somebody it's like it would be like some rich asshole that like paid fucking three million dollars for some french fucking prototype or something right and he's flying around la um i think that that's that's a possibility that doesn't mean that's exactly what it is but i think that you know given the location of it the fact that it's in la you still have to kind of keep that in the back of your head like I mean, I've into it. You know, yeah. I've 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 done the I've I've done the homework on it, and uh, you know, the fact of the matter is that jetpacks take a lot of fuel in order in order to to work, and they don't work for very long. So the issue is that they cannot get that high because they don't have sufficient enough fuel to be able to get that high and then make a safe landing. And even if they did, they wouldn't be able to get up there and sustain it because again, they got to come back down safely. So there's no we have no technology right now on on the market anywhere that has a jetpack that can do that can get up to the level of planes so that we know that that's not a possibility now that doesn't mean that we don't have some secret government program or something we have had programs where they've worked on jetpack type technology however why would they fly them in in a space where they know that they'd get caught doing it they're not stupid well that's what i mean it, it, this wouldn't be a legitimate like government test run thing this would be some guys got like paid who knows how many millions of dollars for a prototype from a private lab you know what i mean because like whatever company whatever company is developing the shit for the government they're also developing it like because that's how this stuff works is like even 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 like guns like okay so whatever guns the military is gonna buy for their soldiers to, to use like in combat like their sidearms right those pistols are divine so what the, the government will put out a, a a call and say okay we need a new uh sidearm nine millimeter sidearm for our soldiers in combat right and then smith and weston and and winchester all these other fucking companies will get together glock and they will develop a prototype for the government to look at and then the government will look at all these different like sidearms and they will pick the one that they feel is most reliable and most accurate and blah, blah, blah. And then they will buy, you know, a million of those from Smith and Wesson for their soldiers. Right. And then these other prototypes that the other gun manufacturers developed, those will just be sold to the public. Right. So like, I assume that it's gotta be kind of like the same thing. We're like jetpack technology. Okay. So maybe the government has three different laboratories kind of develop jetpack prototypes. All right. 
and maybe one of them they actually end up buying the rights to or like or like mass producing or doing further testing with but these other prototypes exist and were designed and that's what it sounds like it is because like if this was some new type of alien that we're coming across i think you would see it it would be a little bit more widespread like why is it why is this phenomenon like localized to los angeles in the first place well if it's a dude with a jetpack that lives in los angeles there's your explanation if it's some kind of like like alien creature or someone that came from outer space or another dimension like why is the dude like hanging around la and with a jetpack and stuff you know what i mean like i don't think this is like a officially sanctioned like government exercise but there could be ties to the military and research and development stuff uh, yeah i mean it i think that's possible it's so weird though i mean either way it's it's a strange strange case and right. uh you know i think that it's definitely important for us to figure out what's going on but the thing is is that we don't even know for sure if it is a guy in a jet pack you know that's just what what it looks like i mean who knows what it is like you said i guess it could be a cryptid but i don't know a cryptid it could be a it could be bigfoot guys with, with jet pack it could be why not i mean you know <laughs> i don't yeah. know you know it could be um but it's probably not like i said if it's when i say alien when i don't i don't mean that like it is an alien like with the jetpack what i mean is that alien is in alien some type of alien technology right i mean sure. you know for sure i mean and it could be a human piloting it it could be an alien piloting I, you know i don't know there's no pictures of this thing so we don't even know what it looks like um well but... there's, i'm watching the video of it right now um i mean it's definitely a dude I, I would say I would say it's most likely it, it's interesting. Um, I didn't know there was a video of it. Oh yeah, it's like ABC Seven in LA. Let me see the date on this, just so I'm December. Oh, this is this this is from this is from last year, but it's December twenty fourth, twenty twenty. So maybe this isn't from the most recent oh, sighting, yeah. but yeah. from the previous one there is, and it definitely is humanoid, and it definitely could be a dune jetpack, but um. Yeah, I think it's just somebody that got a hold of some technology that they shouldn't have, and he's fucking around. You know, I mean, I would. It, that, that's crazy to me. I wouldn't go up that high in one of those things. Right? No, <laughs> absolutely know? not. Right? I mean, it's just not safe. So, I mean, you know, that's. I don't know. Maybe someday they'll uh, reveal themselves and be like, "I'm the jetpack guy." I don't know. Um, right. You know, so we'll see what happens there. But that's really only had for the news. I just, I, th I thought that that was notable that that guy was back. Um, I did want to share an anecdote um, because here's the thing is that uh, I will tell you right now, I will tell my anecdote and then we are going to get into the topic. And as you can see, it's, um, you know, another dark one and it's going to get really, really dark and it's going to get really, really gruesome. So this is your trigger warning right now. If you want to exit this episode, there's a lot of sexual assault and murder and, and horrible things that that you know we're probably going to talk about or we are going to talk about and uh you should probably leave but at least listen to my funny story first before you go um and you know also listen to my funny story before you stay and, and listen to all this fucked up shit so my daughter's been going to skate camp right so skate camp happens at the skating rink and she just goes to the skating rink and they do stuff so like our skating rink um you know has it's like a fun center also so they've got like miniature golf and all kinds of stuff that they do right and so she's been she's been there all week but it reminded me of uh, when I was a skating rink kid. Pat, were you ever a skating rink kid? Did you ever hang out at the at the skate rink? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, that was kind of at the tail end of me growing up. Um, I think eighth grade we had a uh, couple class field trips to the skate rink. And, uh, you know, I wasn't, my generation was like the rollerblade generation. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't opposed to getting on roller skates and skating around, but I wasn't necessarily good at it. And sure. I just remember me, like, doing couple skate with a girl and then her complaining that my hand was sweaty. And uh, Oh, oh no. What oh, a fucking bitch. Was your hand sweaty? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I was nervous and I was trying not to fucking face plant with this bitch next to me, like, to, to a Mariah Carey song or something. Yeah, um. yeah, yeah. I started going a lot. I went every weekend. I went every Friday and Saturday night. Every Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday night for like a year. Okay. And the catalyst for this was to go for this um, was because my my best friend, one of my, my one of my first boyfriends, was her half brother. Right. So it's her half brother. So he didn't live with with her or anything. So we would go to the skating rink, and he would be there. Right. And, you know, and, and that was the only time I really get to see him. Like, sometimes he would, like, she would see him, like, in passing because her dad would, like, show up at her house and, like, we would, like, pass notes off to each other and, and stuff like that. Sometimes I talked on the phone, but, like, the only time we really got to hang out was at the skating rink. Um, except, <laughs> I guess, I, I mean, I guess this was, the, uh, you know, the, a form of, of catfishing in the way. She didn't have a half brother. So we would go to the skating rink, okay? And there was a guy that she's like, oh, there he is. That's my brother. His name's Brandon. And I would go and like interact with this guy and like thought he was my boyfriend. And he didn't know who the fuck I was, didn't know who she was. <laughs> and I was like, legit think that this i this was my boyfriend i had no idea that he didn't know and he didn't know what he didn't know and it was just it was wild so and and i just i was thinking about it today because i just it's not really something i ever thought about i don't know how i figured it out i just think i i just i don't know really what happened eventually she had moved and uh she moved to a different city but uh yeah so i would go and like hang out with this guy and i didn't understand like because sometimes he would like couple skate with like other girls and i would get upset (laughs) he didn't know he he, this guy i don't even know what the fuck his actual name was (laughs) i never even found out what his name was and you know as far as like the notes and stuff obviously they're written by her and then like come to find out the person i was talking to on the phone was actually her cousin jimmy like she would have him talk to me on the phone i had no idea she ever confront her about this shit i never have as an adult we're friends on facebook maybe i should oh i would be like what the fuck what was up with that but it's kind of hilarious like this poor guy he had no idea (laughs) and like you know it makes sense now because we would never like talk a whole bunch or anything like that he was always kind of i just thought maybe he was shy he was always kind of just like you know why are you talking to me but like now i understand why he was like that (laughs) and like i said i don't even know what his name was so for whatever reason you listen to the show um not brandon uh what what the fuck's your name what did you think what what did you you think about i mean he never told me off so your trigger warning should have included awkward awkward prepubescent like mistaken (laughs) romances because i am like we could just do it you want to just do a show on this because i got like half a dozen stories i could fire out of you right now that are gonna like 
make you laugh your ass off but at the same time be completely crushing to everybody hearing it because like that was that was like you know when you're like that like seventh grade to like freshman year like you know that you should be dating and you know that you're supposed to be coupling with people or like being romantic but like and some of your friends are but like you're not and then you kind of like form these like happenstance like friendship type not even like quasi friendships with people and like oh my god like i remember going to my cousin's birthday party at discovery zone did they have discovery zone by you it was like a, it was like a, a bunch of ball pits and tubes and you crawl around and yeah i mean we got shit like that yeah and and my cousin's birthday and there was some girl that was working there and she was probably 15 and i was probably like 13 but i you know i'm a tall dude so like i always attracted older people and uh one of her coworkers came up to me and was like, yeah, my friend thinks you're cute. And I like, didn't know what to do. And then like, I, you know, I was like, uh, and I gave her like a fake name. Cause I didn't, I thought I was being funny or something, but I had no idea how to get a hold of this person again. And like, I wanted to go back up there and like, but like, no one drove. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> or like at the park. Oh my God. I could, I, I could, I'm not even going to get into all these stories. No, I definitely had a different, uh, you know, I, I definitely had a different type of child. Because, like, my story that I told, I was I was 10. So, like. Oh, and, shit. Yeah. So, I, I had a different, I had a way, I had a way different life than a lot of people. Um, But, you know, that's, so anyway, you know, maybe one day, maybe we'll we'll talk, we'll, we'll swap uh, embarrassing, awkward uh, stories. I don't know. I mean, I don't really, I, my stories are just mostly depressing. <laughs> you know they are (laughs) um but you know i just i did think that was kind of funny and kind of you know wholesome and and safe enough to tell them the show so um anyway i was was a lonely desperate horny little fucking kid oh no i was i mean i I was lonely and desperate eh. i i'm not gonna i know it's again it's very dark so (laughs) right I won't get into it. I would rather talk about the murder duos than fucking rehash all that shit right now. <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, so while we we like I said, we were in Springfield, Ohio. We went to Schuler's Bakery, and I told you I was extremely embarrassed because my sister took pictures and and stuff like that. Um, Schuler's Bakery again. It's 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 world famous because it's obviously got the best the best damn donuts in the world, and they do. Um, and you know that's coming from somebody that doesn't i don't really like sweets and stuff but i always go to shoulders anyway um shoulders bakery is located on east main street in springfield ohio and uh when you park in shoulders parking lot um you'll notice that it it sits at the bottom of a hill okay and um when you look behind the bakery the, the hill just kind of goes up and up and up and on the hill is an alley okay where people can drive and whatnot um back in 1992 <laughs> two 12 year old girls uh by the names of free morrow and martha leach were taken to behind Schuler's bakery um to a little area that the kids used to go to hang out at they called it the lion's cage and um there is like a little area there like there's a little makeshift shitty pond and like a, a storm like gate storm drainage thing you know that you can go into and hang out people just go smoke pot and whatever um but they were taken back there by uh three three men one of them being william sap who we'll kind of get into a little bit more 
Um, and back behind Schuler's Bakery, where, where happiness lives, uh, they were tortured and, and raped and killed. And uh, it's something that, you know, if, if you live in Springfield, everybody knows about William Sapp. Because the guy, it, this wasn't the first, well, I'm sorry, no, I believe this was the first time he had killed. It wasn't the last time. Uh, he ended up becoming a serial killer. And uh, eventually he was caught. So, and now he's in prison for the rest of his life. Um, but there were, I think, a total of five or six people there. It was a lot of people. I mean, it was a big group of people. Um, so you had William Sapp and then the other people, a, a guy named uh, John uh, Bal- Bulger, I think is how you say it. Um, David Marcheski um, were there. Originally, it was them three. And then what's his name? Uh, Bulger was mentally disabled. And he had gone home in the middle of attacking these girls and his mom was there. And he told his mom, hey, mom, uh, I'm in trouble. And she's like, why? So the mom and his stepdad then came to the scene of the crime and saw these girls passed out. And the mom was like, well, you have to kill them. And then they all decided to kill them. And, and a group of them all decided to to slaughter these girls. And it was a very horrific crime. I, I don't think that I need to get into the details of exactly what happened. Um, but, but it's all bad, right? And then they dumped their bodies, you know, right there. I mean, they just left their bodies there. And then they went and, uh, you know, went on about their day. And they were found the next day. Um, but you know, you, you know that you can see it as a matter of fact, that pond that they referred to as a lion's cage. Now a private investor bought it and turned it into a children's memorial for free and Martha. Um, and, and you can go and it's actually a really beautiful kind of place. So, you know, I went and and checked, I'd never actually checked it out before. Um, I lived, I grew up in Springfield. I I lived there, um, for, you know, half of my life. Um, but I never been because, you know, I wasn't, I was a kid. So, um, but you know, as an adult, I finally, I finally did go, and they did turn it into something beautiful. Um, considering how tragic that was, um, but very interesting how much the uh, mob mentality took over. Because what had happened was William Sapp and his buddies were just kind of gross guys, and they were just being gross to these twelve-year-old girls. And let's be honest, the twelve-year-old girls—I'm not saying they were asking for it. They're children; they don't know. But they were probably very, you know. I guess the term is fast, you know? So they were probably enjoying the attention a little bit, especially because if you know Springfield and you know the type of people that live there, um, you know, this is something that's, I know. I grew up there. I was 12 in Springfield, and I know what it's like to be 12 years old in Springfield, Ohio. It's exciting. But when William Sapp went to go make a move on one of the girls, it went bad. And she was not receiving it, and she told him off. She told one of the other guys off. And they just decided, well, you know what, we're, we're adult men, we're going to do what we want to do, and they decided to do what they want to do. Um, so that, uh, you know, is, is very interesting how quickly these kinds of situations can take over, because we had talked about last week how weird it is to find other people that are willing to kill with you, you know, now we're talking about a group of people, not even just a group of people, two other people then entered into the crime scene. And instead of stepping in and going, this is wrong, let's at least go take these girls to the hospital. They insisted that they needed to die. Yeah, especially because of the person's mother. I mean, that's so dark, you know. Right. I mean, I mean you get that, like, she's trying to defend her. She's trying to protect her son. But 
I mean, how how off kilter does her moral compass need to be to where, to where that's what it starts pointing to when I she realizes that this kind of crime's been committed, you know? And uh, yeah, it's abs- it's wild. Now they're all in prison. Like I said, William Sapp, uh, he's technically classified as a serial killer. He only other killed one other person. It was a it was a prostitute, and he buried her in his garage and in, in the dirt. Or I don't think it was his garage. I think it was some abandoned house garage at Springfield. And then he went on to a, go attack another woman, and she lived. And that woman, she um, he he stabbed her in the stomach and slit her from ear to ear, and she survived. And he left her at oh no, she was found at uh, at uh, Clark State Community College in Springfield, Ohio. My mother was a student there at the time. And uh, it was, you know, pretty wild. So this is obviously kind of a more personal case because, you know, it's kind of small town living. Everybody knows everybody. And again, my mom was, you know, kind of there at ground zero when old girl was found. But she lived and that's how they were able to catch him. But that was in 1996. The other men involved in the crime were convicted right away of of murdering Free and, and Martha. They were convicted and well they were convicted in 94 but based i mean pretty mm-hmm. much they were caught immediately but william sapp was not they couldn't hold him accountable to anything meanwhile he was the ringleader of all this yeah and they they didn't tie him to the scene and the only reason why they did was because the woman that he had attacked they you know dna tested her he raped her so the dna the dna tested her you know there was semen and he was the missing piece of the dna test from from free and martha and that's how he got caught they're all in prison thankfully even the mom you know even the people that were there that that watched it happen they're all in prison they will die in prison most likely um william sapp has received the death penalty but i don't think we've killed anybody in ohio for a very long time so i don't think we will but you know but like you said yeah how i mean how dark and how strange to to go from from that extreme to another and then they all just kind of were like, hey, you know, I mean, I, what do you do after that? And then, then what? You go to Schuler's and get some donuts and you're just like, hey, I just killed somebody. It's fine. You know, it's weird. It's weird. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I were in a group of people, I mean, I suppose the bigger the group is, if you got one person that goes, I'm sure you'll have the person. And in some of these cases, you do have the one person or maybe even two of them that then become afraid of of stepping up and going, you know what this is wrong you know um you know they're they're obviously fearful for their life because they're watching you kill people like that's you know but um i I don't think this was one of those cases they all they all interacted the only person that didn't sexually assault these girls was the mother and we don't even know she might have we don't know she could have you know yeah that's so weird and dark and you wonder what was what was actually being said when it was happening what was the whole conversation yeah yeah was it something where it's like okay we have to do this now or was it was it that they all wanted to you know because after the fact yeah. everyone's going to try to act like they were forced into it or i didn't want to or right blah, 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 this person was the ringleader but you know and maybe that is the case i wasn't there but you know it's either it's either that's the case or it's not and if it's not then what was it was mm-hmm. this a concerted effort amongst a group of people to get together and, and commit this like totally fucking sick and heinous act with these people and then for the mother to kind of get like get dragged into it and, and get swept up in it and, and keep keep it going and not right. no one no one slammed on the brakes you know maybe you could say oh i wanted to but i was too afraid but you know hey you can walk away you can run away there's a lot of different ways that you could at least remove yourself from the situation 
if not the girls you right. know and well, nobody and even like did that. the crazy thing about it that that i still find because I, you know i'll tell you i've been to Schuler. knowing this case i've been to Schuler's, and every time i go i'm always like where did this happen at? like i don't understand because let me tell you something that area right behind Schuler's, it's not like it's like yeah there's some trees but where it's located it's a very kind of historic part of town so like all those buildings and stuff that are there they've been there they've been there since way before the 90s you know so you know i'm like looking at the area and i'm like how like what did they replace the spot that this happened at? and then you know come to find out that you know exactly when you're standing in the Schuler's parking lot you look up and you see the children's memorial that's where this happened and it's out in the fucking open out in the open and it was fucking broad daylight and this happened and mm -hmm. i just it blows my fucking mind as to how how it even i mean other people had to have seen what and i think maybe that's why they confessed is because they knew it was so out in the open i mean how do you not know i you know I, and i've got pictures of it i'll post pictures of the area um but you know my mom's like well there used to be more trees but it wasn't you know in 92 i was i was you know i, I was born in 91 so i don't know but you know she's like yeah there was more trees but not like it wasn't like it was a heavily wooded area or anything and it's like well, okay they just went right behind the wall there and and that's where it happened <laughs> again right in front of everybody you know and i just i can't wrap my head around you know how how that even was possible so but you're right then for somebody to come in had the chance to be like you know what this needs to stop because they weren't dead yet and instead was like yeah well you, you know gotta kill them now it's fine well you ever um, you ever see the movie the accused i have not so this is it's it's with jody foster and uh she's drinking at a bar one night and uh she's kind of she gets fucked up and she's you know kind of being flirty and shit she gets raped on top of a pinball machine kind of a famous movie in front of a bar full of people and there's three guys that do it and there's a there's a entire bar full of people that watch and she this happens to her and then she stumbles outside and she ends up going to the hospital and the movie is kind of like the court case uh tom cruise's girlfriend in top gun is the lawyer kelly mcgillis and uh it's based on a true story you'd be surprised what the fuck people like you know, oh, yeah. we, we like to act like we're like these civilized, like we're a civilized society, but there's a lot of dark motherfuckers out there. And, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of people that would, would be exposed to a crime like that will look the other way. And there's a lot of people that'll fucking stand there and cheer and try to get involved. Like, well, right. And that's, you know, we talked about uh, a film that comes to mind for me when I think about things like this which we've got more cases to share and we will in a moment but right. um and, and like i said we've talked we talked about this movie before and that was stoic and i had to turn it off because i was I, and i don't i don't get disturbed easily i mean i wrote disturbing horror movie reviews like this that's my jam but i had to turn it off because that's basically what it's about is that these guys are these guys in a prison cell decide to torture this guy in the cell and what makes it interesting is that it shows the different sides of the story so you got the three guys who survived and then obviously one guy's dead you've got the three guys telling their account of what happened and then it shows you what actually happened and you know it's it's a very it's a very good psychological study into things like this because you know of course then they're just trying to kind of save their own ass sometimes different things kind of break through as to why you know they let things happen like oh i was scared of the other guy or you know whatever but at the end of the day it doesn't matter they still killed that guy 
you know, mm-hmm. in a horrible way. And that's just kind of, you know, that's kind of, I, I guess when you think about these things, you know, mob mentality, Lake Eden, Lake Eden, or I'm sorry, was it Eden Lake? Eden Lake is, is a very good example of tribalism. Um, which I don't, I don't, I'm not going to give it away, it, you know, not tribalism, but the mob mentality and how easy it is for people to slip into that. Um, that's also another really good one to watch. I, I recommend that over stoic, stoic's hard, <laughs> but if you're into the hard stuff, you know, go, go that way, but otherwise go to Eden Lake. Um, that's, a, you know, that's another good one. Um, but it, it showcases that very well. Um, so it is, uh, interesting, but obviously, again, I said, we have different, cases to share and i feel like the different cases all have different reasons for why these people decided to kill together um in the case of of uh free morrow and martha leach i think with them and their attackers i just think it was a heat of the moment situation i don't think that they planned it Mm-hmm. which is even weirder because again i just can't imagine going over to my buddy's house be like hey let's go rape and kill these kids you know i mean you know but but i do think that at the end of the day that that is what happened i do believe that william Sapp himself is a very dangerous individual obviously the rest of the people involved were also dangerous but i think that had they not been there that day i don't think they would have went on to kill people or rape anybody or I don't think they would have. I don't think that that would have ever crossed their mind. But because they were met with the opportunity to do so, they took it and they did it. And so I think that that's probably what happened there. Um, you know, but then but then we have other things. Um, Pat, what, what, what do you got? Yeah, the first case I wanted to talk about, um, both of mine are kind of more famous or infamous or whatever, but sure. the Leopold and Loeb case, uh, which was two wealthy students from the University of Chicago, who in May of 1924 kidnapped and murdered a 14 year old boy, Bobby Franks. And uh, they were very, uh, Leopold and Loeb were were two very intelligent young men and both had been, uh, you know, skipped ahead in grades in school and and were doing well in college and uh, killed this kid who was actually uh, one of their second cousins just to see if they could uh, get away with the perfect crime. And they had started out, uh, one, one, of the, one of the two was um, kind of like uh, interested in criminology and uh, wanted to try to commit crimes and then figure out ways to cover them up. And there's a lot of speculation that these two guys were actually lovers as well. Um, yeah. I've I read a lot of different things in in preparation for this episode, although I'm still gonna fudge details. And <laughs> That's okay. Speaking generalities, but like when it comes to the um, these two being lovers, like you know, there's not a whole lot of proof for it. Um, there, there's no definitive evidence. There's no definitive statement that anyone gave. Well, this was a different time. It, it was a different time. Yeah, it was the 1920s. Um, all of the, you know, and this is, this is a story that was very famous and was turned into a lot of different movies and, and, and there was books written about it and, and all kinds of stuff. And probably the, how this story popped up on my radar was Hitchcock made a movie called Rope, uh, which is about, um, which was based on a stage play by the same name, which was based on this case. And in the stage play and the Hitchcock movie, it is very heavily alluded that these two were, uh, romantic partners and they did this out of 
some sick perverse game that homosexual men seem to play which is funny because that's also the basis of my second case that i'm going to bring up tonight but uh yeah so these two guys um it was at the time it was dubbed the crime of the century which is kind of ridiculous because they were caught like a couple weeks after the murder basically what they tried to do is they they had targeted this 14 year old boy and uh got them to got the boy to go in a car with them because they knew they all knew each other they were from the same neighborhood and they were you know second cousins and while the boy was in the car uh they beat and killed him and then drove him out to indiana where they stuffed stuffed the body in a drainage ditch and poured acid over his genitalia first to cover up the fact that he was circumcised which seems like such a weird so weird <laughs> it's a weird detail to try to fucking fudge but in the process like the one dude dropped his glasses which is eventually how they're caught because these guys were like very very wealthy and the type of glasses that he had only there was like three people in chicago that had this special type of like frame right so that's eventually how the police ended up tracing the uh the murder back to them but uh they go and they dispose of the body and originally what they wanted to do was string the family along long enough uh to try to get money out of them uh just not that they needed the money but just to kind of like that was their fucking plan was to was to act like it was a kidnapping and try to get the try to get the money out of the victim's parents but the body was discovered like almost immediately because they did such a shitty job hiding it and um so that so then the, the family knew that it wasn't a kidnapping it was a murder and then within a couple of weeks, the police had their sights set on these two, and eventually they both confessed. So uh, at the time, though, it was a very, you know, once again, this was about 100 years ago. It was a very uh, sensationalized story. Yeah. And the fact that these were young, upper class, very well-educated white men. Um, and then, of course, there's the homosexual subtext. Sure. And uh, it got a lot of attention in the press. It was um, it was dubbed the crime of the century, which, like I said, kind of a shitty crime. <laughs> yeah, it's really not that. I mean, we kind of talked about it before the show, and you were like, "Well, there really wasn't that much," you know, kind of just unimpressed by it. I mean, uh, as that, as bad as that sounds, you know, for guys that that really just wanted to kind of prove that they can get away with a murder while well, they fucking failed, didn't they? Right. Like the one guy had an IQ of 200, um, That's but pretty he was sad. A sexual pervert, but it's like, you know, there's, there's dumber people that have pulled, that have pulled off more like intricate crimes. Right. And actually gotten away with it with right. far, far less formal education. But but at the time, it was kind of like, you know, and this, like I said, this is a, a, a very famous case. So it's not like I'm just pulling this random shitty case off of Wikipedia to talk about on tonight's show. Uh, people, I, yeah, people talk about this a lot as like a staple yeah. and like true crime. And, you know, it's, and it's interesting because there really wasn't that much. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't terribly gruesome. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't, you know, well, I think I think the I, what the sticking point for a lot of people was, and this is kind of like really what we're focusing on tonight with tonight's show was the murderers, the fact that like what they did it together, right? Propelled these two people it wasn't a crime of passion, it was definitely premeditated, and it was rich, bored, 
intelligent, seemingly intelligent people. It, it could it could be your son. It could be I your neighbor. That White America. Yeah. Well, I was saying, I think that in a way, you know, people talk about the, uh, you know, possible homosexual aspect to it, whether or not they knew that they were, they had feelings for each other or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, they obviously had something deeper going on to where they could let their egos go and admit to each other that their ego was so large that they could get away with murder. Like that's, you know, and I think that that's what it comes down to is that they just thought they just had this self-inflated version of themselves where they thought that they could do no wrong. And, uh, you know, now people try to quote affluenza. I don't know if you're, if you are familiar with that case. It was like, another, there was like a teenager who like killed somebody in a hit and run accident and, and then ran down to Mexico. Yeah. Affluenza. And it's like, affluenza isn't a thing. <laughs> it's not, Oh, I'm too rich. I have mental illness because of how rich I am. And it's like, what? <laughs> well you this know. their their explanation for why they did it was that they had been um they kind of had been corrupted by neat like the the teachings of frederick nietzsche uh and his idea of uh the ubermensch the superman yeah and that uh they were because they were so intelligent they were so upper class that they were exempt from normal morality and they could do things and be unbound by society's restraints. Right. And there's, um, I mean, there was also something that like, you know, the one guy was homosexual and that, uh, and I, I don't want to say the wrong one. I don't, I personally, I think it's entirely possible that neither one of them were. And this is just something sure. because the, the, they never gave an interview where they, where they said that they were, this is this, this thing about them being gay seems to be something that was very much put on the story by people on the press and people that dramatized the story after the fact, right. there was, there was nothing in any of the evidence that they found. No one ever walked in the room and saw them fucking each other. And in fact, one of the one of the killers was eventually killed in jail um fighting off a uh, a, a cellmate that um the cellmate said that he killed the guy because the guy tried to assault him in the shower and they ended up finding out that wasn't true at all it was probably the other way around so like there was no there was no evidence that these two were actually homosexual lovers but the theory is is that Loeb, who was supposedly the homosexual, uh, agreed to participate in Leopold's eccentric sexual practices in return for Leopold Leopold's cooperation with the criminal endeavors. So Loeb was actually, they were both gay, but Loeb was the one who wanted to, um, to see what it was like to kill somebody. And that he kind of seduced this other guy into helping him because, you know, the one thing I will say about that time is if they were two closeted males, they had very few options. So, you know, if you find someone that's willing to fucking play around with you, I guess you got to do what you got to do to keep them happy. And in this case, it was, you know, killing this 14 year old boy. Right, right. And, you know, it's, well, that's <laughs> so weird. It's such a weird, you know, because they were intelligent. They had a whole, it's not like they didn't have anything to lose. 
you know one of them well maybe both of them but i, I gosh and i get them mixed up all the time one of them had won a bunch had won like some award or something right i mean he was they were really really smart oh yeah the uh the one Loeb's um Loeb's family his dad was the retired vice president of sears roebuck and company wow um, yeah i mean like they had they had fucking crazy amounts of money and uh you know 17 years old and graduated from the university of michigan like they were they were fucking geniuses yeah. but i think that you know so a lot of times those those fucking real smart kids like i knew them in school like i i had a couple honors classes and i had one ap history class and um you know it was it was like a different world because you would go through most of uh how, how my high school worked it was all boys but you know if you were an honor student you were pretty much all in honors classes and you didn't really associate with the non-honor students unless it was at gym religion class or lunch yeah so they kind of and mo honestly most of the time because they had their own set schedule those people you would go through all four years in high school and like you would never even get to know some of these kids because they were just in that other track and right me i kind of went back and forth like i had i had advanced math but like i was in normal other classes and ap history so like i would get to know some of these people and then a lot of my friends were uh were in all honors classes so i would kind of get to know them through them and yeah they were fucking weird you know and it was it was just i don't don't, don't necessarily mean that in a bad way but like you know you're you're a step off from the rest of society if the rest of society has you know, if everything in, if everything in culture is geared towards someone with an IQ of ninety, and you have an IQ of two hundred, it doesn't even. You might as well be a fucking Martian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Genetically speaking, like these, they were a cut above your average man, and that's why they got high on their own bullshit and this this, you know, Nietzschean fucking idea that they were Superman. Now. Right how that transfers over to we can indiscriminately kill and get away with it you know uh i don't know about that and they certainly made a lot of really fucking stupid mistakes when they were carrying out the crime so i think right. something's something is to be said about being able to keep your head under pressure and no amount of intelligence can you know is going to automatically make you know stop you from being a bitch when the fucking heat's on and right. that's kind of what happened with them is that, you know, a lot of these criminals that probably are career criminals and are much successful and pull off much longer crime sprees and get away with it. It's kind of because they could, they keep their head under pressure a lot and they don't leave stupid fucking um, evidence and stuff behind. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. exactly what these guys did. Right. Right. And you know, I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, but I think that the thing is, is that, you know, they, knew that they were leaving evidence behind they weren't trying to hide it I, I think that they were kind of getting off on the fact that they thought that they could do it everybody could know that they do it and then they they got away with it i think that for whatever reason they thought maybe mm. they could pay somebody off that they could just talk their way out of it and just i mean i don't know i you know obviously i've never killed anybody so well as far as you guys know but you know <laughs> <laughs> i haven't um but you know th there was something going on there where i like i said i think that ego probably did come into play a lot um i'm not i mean i'm familiar with this case again true crimes my other thing that's what that was my major that's what i was going to college for 
Um, and you know, so I, I know, I know of it, um, but I'm not extremely well versed in it to, to comment, um, in too much detail what I thought happened. However, you know, look at the big difference here between the previous case, you know, the William Sapp case and, uh, and these guys, and, you know, they definitely have different goals in mind. So, you know, we, we can, and, and very, you know, a very large contrast because uh, William Sapp and his gang are from shitty Springfield, Ohio, and and have probably you know been poverty stricken their entire life. That's why they live in Springfield, and and you know then you got uh, you know money and power at play here. Um, These so... high fluent Chicago people. <laughs> no, it's Chicago. The rest of the way downhill here, isn't it? Well, the rest of our cases are Chicago cases. <laughs> That's right. Um, which will show that there's big variety there as well. Um, right. So you know, but you know, I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think so far? Uh, well, I guess you're not really talking to us, but if comment on, on these cases as they go along, kind of think of what what you want to say about them. Um, and with that being said, do we want to move on to the the next one? Sure. So that keeping in the same vein of uh, intelligent uh, white homosexual <laughs> killers from Chicago, <laughs> kind of. So, topic i seemingly know a lot about uh this one's actually this this investigation is still ongoing something i didn't know about um i mean it it happened in 2017 so i i would think that it would have gone to trial by now but i guess it hasn't so this is all still alleged right which i'm probably going to forget to say a lot but uh you know uh, the people here are suspects. All this stuff is alleged. Nobody's been convicted of anything yet, although one person has, you know, confessed and uh, incriminated uh, the other person. Um, but basically, in July of 2017, a fatal stabbing occurred at Windham Latham's apartment in the River North area of Chicago. Uh, he, Wyndham Latham, was a former associate professor of microbiology and immunology at the Feinberg School of Medicine at Northwestern University. Uh, he is a specialist in pathogenic bacteria, specifically in uh, the plague. And actually, I remember, I remember last year, he petitioned to be let out on bail so that he could assist oh. with finding the cure for COVID. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember hearing about that? No, I did. I didn't. I haven't heard about it, but I just hearing his background. I was just thinking, well, wow, he really fucked up. To, <laughs> right. No, no. He, he his lawyers petitioned the judge to let him work on because he was he was one of the guys that you would want working on you know, want, right. the vaccine. And uh, they said fucking no. So um, basically. He uh, he met a guy online, a British citizen uh, by the name of Andrew Warren and Andrew Warren left England and flew to Chicago to help Wyndham Latham allegedly murder his boyfriend, Latham's boyfriend. Um, both of these guys were in their fifties. Uh, the boyfriend, the, the victim here, Trent, uh, Cornell Duralanow, who's 26, um, and what happened was uh, Warren flew to Chicago. They hung out for a few days. They invited this guy over. And um, then they fucking stabbed him and killed him. And then they went on the run. 
and uh, they went to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin for a little bit, as one does, and then eventually <laughs> went to uh, went to Oakland, California, where I think they were uh, they were tracked down and surrendered, you know, to the police. Now Warren, uh, the guy from Britain, like almost immediately confessed to everything and Wyndham latham sent a video message to his family saying let me let me quote this because i don't want to get this wrong basically said like uh it wasn't intentional but it wasn't an accident i don't want to get this wrong but uh anyway You think this is something I would have highlighted in my notes, but unfortunately I don't. That's Um, okay. But originally the two guys, they were going to kill the kid. They were going to kill the 26-year-old, and then they were going to kill each other, and that didn't happen. Uh, They, they, uh, The young guy had fallen asleep, and when Warren, when the British guy came over, uh, Latham showed Warren a six-inch drywall knife saw and gave him a cell phone with instructions to record video of Latham fatally stabbing Cornell, which is the younger guy. Uh, and that's exactly what they said happened. Um, and when uh, in the middle of it, the guy woke up. I don't know if any of you people are handy out there, but drywall knives are they're kind of scary looking, but they're not yeah. like really murder weapons. And the blades are kind of flimsy because you want to have you want the blade to have some give to it so that you can kind of cut around areas of the drywall if you need to. Yeah, so they're not if you a imagine, murder weapon. What? They're not a good murder weapon. Right. Like, well, they're sharp and scary looking, but if you start thinking about it, once you start penetrating the person, it's really easy for the blade to get bent. Um, It'll snap as soon as it hits bone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not what I would use at all. But uh, uh, as Warren stood in the uh, doorway to the bedroom with a cell phone in hand, Latham stabbed the sleeping Cornell repeatedly. He awakened, screamed and fought back. Latham cried for Warren to help, so Warren walked in, put his hand over the victim's mouth, and then hit him in the head with a heavy metal lamp. Um, the attack left Cornell nearly decapitated. Uh, he bled to death in the bedroom. His attackers showered and then tried to clean up the scene. Then they left the apartment in the early morning and went to Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Wow. Um, right. And... So th- there's a lot of a lot about this case that hasn't come out yet because there hasn't been a formal trial. But what we do know is that these two guys met each other on a uh, on a website, and kind of like what we were talking about with the cannibal last week, they had discussed all this stuff right. and had probably spent many hours <laughs> masturbating online. That was the idea oh, of of them. <laughs> you know killing someone else and then killing each other sure and uh this this is what they planned on and then this dude got on a fucking plane yeah and 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 they all both had boyfriends too so this british guy had a boyfriend and uh got on a plane and then flew to the united states to do all this and they fucking did it um so yeah this was uh let's see what else i got in my notes here so they don't, but like you said, there's not, there's not too much about it yet because it's. Well, it's, a, it's an, yeah, because it hasn't gone to trial. So a lot right. of the details, Are, now there's, yeah, 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 there's stuff that's been like released to the grand jury. And then in sure. Warren's confession, there was stuff that came out and the press are obviously fucking, this is, I, I have a feeling this is going to be 
you know, you want to talk about the the crime of the century or something like that. Like this is going to end up being just as big of a case uh, as the Leopold and Loeb one. It, it, you know, this might. I, I haven't heard of this, and you know, I think that's shocked. Like I had just heard about it because you brought it to my attention, and so well, I'm. Yeah, it was. It was over kind of quick. They weren't on the run for that long. It wasn't that long of a manhunt. It was only about a week, if even that. I think it was like a, a long weekend. Um, and like I said, has not gone to trial yet. So once it goes to trial and all of these details start to emerge, I'm sure there'll be a renewed amount of interest. And then there'll be the dramatizations. There'll be the Law & Order episode about it. There'll be a TV movie. There'll be books written. And all of this stuff will kind of come out. But because nobody's been convicted yet, there's not a whole lot that you can say. And I think you don't want to, you know, if God forbid this guy was found innocent or you find out that one guy pressured the other oh, guy. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's going to go that way. Right. Well, it looks, it, Yeah. It looks like we pretty much know the basics right now. But um, yeah, I mean, the fact that once again, two very intelligent. I mean, this guy was a fucking college professor at Northwestern. He was one of the pr the uh, premier microbiologists in his field. So much so that like he would have been one of the people to work on the COVID vaccine. And you know what I mean? Very, very intelligent, yeah. very highly respected. Just found some dude online that wanted to jerk off and talk about killing their boyfriends, you know, and <laughs> got together and did it. And it's, well, right, I mean, what, you know, I don't, what, I just, that's so risky. Like, how many people do you think that both of them, and, you know, this information might come out later, or at least a rough estimate, how many people do you think that they both separately told other people that they wanted to, to kill somebody? And it's like, realistically, what could have we even done to, to stop that from happening because they hadn't committed a crime? talking about killing somebody i guess you've got you know conspiring to murder but you know it, it's really not a crime you know it reminds me of something that they used to tell us i went to i went through 12 years of catholic school and something that they used to always tell you is to not get tempted by the little things because eventually the little things become the big things right right like don't make out with a girl be careful about making out with a girl because that might lead to, you know, first base leads to second base leads to third base, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, if you keep thinking that you're going to only go so far and then slam on the brakes, eventually those brakes get worn down. And the next thing you know, you're fucking her in your parents' basement, which was my goal from day one. Okay. Right. Yeah, so I fine. never really worried about that. But you got to think about it like these guys, like, and same thing with the cannibal thing. You know, at first, it's all just talk. At first, right. it's just two guys with a with an ocean between them or, you know, or, or different parts of Germany or whatever, right? Two people just talking shit, saying, you know what we should do? We should do this. And, you know, somebody thinks it's a good idea and somebody takes the first step and somebody takes the second step and then somebody takes the third step. And you get to the point where you look back and you realize you come this fucking far, right? Like, if that guy hadn't got on the plane and flew over from England, 
would the other guy have killed the boyfriend that was sleeping in the extra bedroom to begin with right maybe well, not. right it's like a challenge it's like oh oh you're not gonna talk to me about murdering my boyfriend and he's like oh i'm talking to you about it what, what are you gonna do well you're not gonna get on the plane and come over here oh and, i won't watch me yeah maybe the guy that got on the plane figured i'm gonna show up i'm gonna fly over there i'm gonna get got, off the he's plane bluffing. he's gonna pick me up at the airport he's gonna fucking blow me in the parking garage and we're gonna go to Planet Hollywood, and then I'll be back here in three days. You know what Maybe I mean? We'll like go to Lake Geneva, <laughs> <laughs> as one does. So, like, you know, I'm sure everyone expected the other one to be the one to slam on the brakes. Yeah. And then you get two people looking at each other, and and these people did express remorse almost immediately. Like the one guy confessed, and the other guy sent a video. Right. Wyndham Latham sent a video to somebody saying that. uh to his family like kind of apologizing and all this stuff and right they turned themselves into the to the police and it was yeah they uh well i mean I, well first of all hold on a second i don't want to skip over the fact that like you really i'm 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 impressed i'm impressed because you really just used an abstinence speech and 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 applied it to murder <laughs> That's pretty amazing, actually. Uh, good on you, Pat. Um, but you know, is it twelve years of Catholic school? I mean, <laughs> maybe we'll yeah. talk about that one of these days. If you um, if you don't want to smell like garbage, you got to stay out of the dump. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, but no. In all seriousness, I mean, I, I think you're probably right. I think in this case, it was just you know what they got to the incremental. Point. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's they a got battle to the of point. inches of no return right they just right. Had, they just continued to do it. i think they really didn't even think about it once things went in motion i don't think that they really had stopped to think is this okay now i see that as more similar to like the william sap situation i think that they had hit that certain point i mean i think the mom is a piece of shit because she hadn't hit that certain point yet she didn't do anything wrong she should have been like oh wait wait a minute now but uh, everybody else in that in that case, I think that they hit that point, you know, of, of no return. And uh, and these guys, you know, obviously did as well. Um, I'm curious to see what the discovery says when it comes out. I mean, I definitely want to see, you know, how the case goes. I'm surprised there hasn't been a trial yet. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I guess these, I was on a murder trial and uh, where I was a juror. And I want to say it was like five years after the crime had been committed. Like you had to, you had to correct yourself. Like I was, right. I was on a murder trial once. Wait a minute. As a juror, but yeah, it was like it. We were we were trying. The, we were hearing the case in like 2019, and it was for a murder that happened in like 2015. Like did it you, was like was he guilty or? Oh, I you, mean, he fucking did it. Did he? Okay, you think he did it? Was did it, I, but did, did I never tell you about this? I don't know anything about this. No, the That's dude crazy. was like a famous rapper too. Like you could buy his oh. shit off like on iTunes. I don't want to. I, I honestly, I don't want to go. Do no, it's all right. No, not only not only that, but like I don't. I it, it, it really fucked me up. I will say this, and then we can get on to the last case because I really want to talk about it. It really <laughs> did fuck me up. Like I didn't even think about it at the time when we were going through this case, but like you know, I'm sitting on the juror, and you, it was a gang thing, and like. I was just like, whatever, he did it. We voted him guilty, did it. I went home that night and got real paranoid that, like, there was going to be some kind of, like, retribution against me and my family. Oh. And I couldn't sleep for a good day or two thinking that 
that the gang that he was a part of were going to come after me. And uh, they didn't. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's been well, like, yeah, it's it's been like two years. Like, they ain't coming after me. Well, then COVID happened, obviously. They're waiting for the, you know, they're social distancing right now. So Sure. <laughs> sure. But, uh, I mean, it, I didn't expect to have that. And I, I don't. I don't want to use PTSD because I think sometimes it gets thrown around too lightly and God knows there's people that have really been through some real fucking traumatic shit, but it, it fucked with me for a little bit. No, it's, no. I mean, it left a mark. I mean, you know, yeah, it, t- it took a little bit for me to like kind of put the whole thing behind me. And now I think back about it and I laugh, but at the time it was not funny. It was like, I remember trial was over, drove home that night and um, was real happy. And me and my family went out to dinner and we were sitting at dinner and I remember the moment <laughs> when it all started to click in my head that we could potentially be in danger and like it was fucking it was something i'll, else. T- I'll tell you my uh one of my really good friends died in 2015 okay so when this happened uh i was devastated it was it was very sudden um it was my best friend's brother but not just my best friend's brother it was my best friend's twin so it was it was devastating yeah. it was really really devastating for a lot of people and uh maybe we'll talk about that case one day because it's fucking insane but i was i was upset and i was supposed to go to work i was working at the movie theater at the time and i started driving into work and i was like you know what i can't do this so i went back home i called off they were cool and i i called one of my friends and i was like hey i just i pulled up into the parking lot of my apartment building and uh i'm sitting in my car i'm like hey i'm just i'm really upset can you come pick me up when we can hang out she's like yeah sure i'll be there in a minute so i got the phone with her and i'm waiting for her to show up i I lived on the third floor so i didn't want to you know go up to my house to wait you know 10 minutes just to come back so i just stayed in the car and while i'm sitting in the car out from my apartment building walk these this group of people and there's there's four men and there's one kind of walking off to the side leading the group and then the other three it was two men and in the middle of, of the men is a guy that the two men on either side are, is like helping guide to the car. And he's got his hands are bound in front of him. And he's wearing this like executioner's hood. Like, I shit you not. And I was, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And all the men that were like leading this guy and they were taking him to their car. They drove a black Jeep pilot. I remember that and all, all these men they're all dressed in all black i believe they were armed but i, I couldn't i didn't know because i didn't my, my brain didn't know what the fuck it was saying and i'm like what is going on and I like duck down on my car and i'm like watching through my rear view mirror and they just get they put this guy in the car and they leave and i'm like what so i called the police immediately i called the police and told them what was going on and they were like and they were like well did you get the license plate and i'm like no i know i couldn't see it and i couldn't see it i tried i couldn't see it you know and and you know the cops pulled in to the to the building and then they um they weren't there obviously and then they you know pulled out but they never stopped to talk to me and i still to this day don't know what the fuck i saw no idea what that was <laughs> could have been a bachelor party it could have been something worse. i don't know but the very next day i was like i was very upset by this you know, i was already not in a good state of mind because again i was dealing with the death of somebody close to me and you know then I, I wake up the next morning and my windows are open and the police are outside and they're talking to people in the parking lot and i hear them talking about me and my car and i was like what's going on so i call my mom and i start to tell her she's just and i told her what i saw, i'd seen the day before mm-hmm. and i'm like trying to tell her really quietly because my windows are open i don't want anybody here because i was scared that maybe somebody saw that i was out there i'm like 
you know and she's like oh you're just overreacting just go out there and figure out what's going on and i'm like what the fuck man my mom then again she's kind of hardened um but you know it was i was very i was very upset it turned out somebody was breaking into people's cars which i don't know if that was related or not but that's why the police were there that's why they were discussing me and my vehicle but um i don't know still to this day i have no idea what that was but here's the crazy part and every time i say this it it sounds hilarious because it kind of is but it's it i don't know it's just an added element to the story one of the guys the guy that was standing on the other side of the guy walking him the guy he was a fucking i don't think i don't know if i'm allowed to say this term he was a little people he was a midget i'm not kidding so i don't know so i mean that kind of helps because i'm like well maybe it was then some bachelor party thing and that's what it, that's all it was but i, I don't know well so, it was it's very doubtful that he was i don't know it was weird so one time one time i was on acid and it was the fourth of july and me and my friends were all on acid and we were hanging on my buddy's front porch and he lived a second house from the corner of his block and we're sitting there and we're listening to Pantera and we're laughing and having a good time. And we hear car tires screech. And from around the corner, this like, this old like 1970s fucking car comes peeling around the corner like a bat out of hell. And there's a dude hanging out of the passenger side window with his legs kicking up in the air and as it makes the turn the fucking guy falls out of the car and starts rolling and the car peels off down the street and we're like looking at this and we're laughing like holy shit like what the fuck and the guy fucking sits up on the street and he's screaming at the car and shaking his fist as he drives away and then from running from the same street comes running a little person (laughs) after the car and he runs up alongside the guy and he helps him up. And the, the little person and the guy that fell out of the car, like, hobble their way back around the corner. What? And we're what? laughing hysterically. What? We're like, what the fuck? Are you fucking serious? I don't know if any of that actually happened. I think it did. Happen. No, it, it did. did. And <laughs> we manifested that shit. And we were just like, oh, my. Moment. It was a beautiful moment. We're like, and we were just like laughing our ass off, and uh, they, they they fucking walked back around the corner, and I just remember the little person looking up at us and think and like seeing like this group of like rowdy teenagers like laughing hysterically at him, and he probably thought we were just like the world's biggest assholes, and I wanted to be like, no, it's cool, we're on acid. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So that, no, I mean, but your story is even better because, like, you you held out to that piece of information till the very end. Oh, like, it was, if I brought it, if I because if I brought it up in the beginning, nobody would take it seriously. They thought, but, like, it tw- they thought it was some shit out of Twin Peaks, like that. But think about it, like, okay, this is I I if I come across offensive as saying this, I don't mean it whatsoever. But like, realistically, like, you know that dude wasn't a cop, right? Right. You know what I mean? He wasn't a fucking ATF agent. Which means, like, those other people, like, who were they? Like, maybe he was, maybe it was some kind of sting operation and he was the guy wearing the wire. Maybe it was a drug deal or something and he was the, he was the, the, the informant. I don't know what. But, like, the idea that, like, these four guys escorting this dude out of the apartment 
were you know atf agents and they had fucking captured some kind of career criminal that kind of goes out the window when you see that one of them's a little person uh, right you know like, what i mean what is this it was wild it, it was so wild to me and i just like i said i my brain was like what the fuck because i see the guy walking out and i see all these guys just first of all these guys dressed up in all black you know which was not you don't see like i mean you see people dressed in all black obviously i wear all black but like just the way they were dressed it was very kind of militarized and i was like okay right and you know so they they dress you know so i see the one guy walk in then i see the other guy come in but he's there's another guy beside him and again the first thing i notice is the hood on the guy's head and i notice that his hands are they're bound in, in front of him even so if it was like a an arrest they'd be behind him hey they, so there is no height requirement to be part of the fbi i just looked it up well that's good to know <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know you know so then you know and then and then i see another person beside him and it's a little person and i'm like what you know i was just so confused i'm like what is going on why is this am i am i see is this real i i'm very upset you know i didn't know what was happening you know it was just it was a wild uh situation but there's a little lightheartedness because it's gonna get uh pretty bad again guys this is the last case of the show last case to show the best for last i suppose um but there, there's a good reason why we talk about it um in general but um anyway so if you've been on the twitter you know and you've been seeing what's going on we've talked a lot about this uh satanic panic uh D D situation and um when i think about obviously when pat thinks about satanic panic he thinks about D D. when i think about satanic panic i think about true crime because there's a lot of cases in the 80s that um really kind of fueled the the satanic panic fever you know and uh this was absolutely one of them uh so back in the 1980s um there was a man known by the name of robin gecht and robin uh had a crew of people as a matter of fact uh, they called themselves the Chicago. Oh, I don't think they called themselves, but they were known as the Chicago Ripper Crew. Maybe they did call themselves that. Um, Robin, they were not from Chicago, though. By the way, they weren't from Chicago. No, they weren't. What do you mean? They were outside of Chicago? Yeah, they're from fucking Villa Park. Okay, all right. That, that <laughs> they're from the suburbs. They're suburban Ooh, weirdos. Okay. Hmm. That, well, that's that's interesting. We'll get to that um, later but uh you know or or okay the the ripper crew they're not allowed to be called chicago um but anyway so this was a, a group of fellows who would abduct women and they would do various things to them at least seven of the cases what they would do is they took these women back to robin's attic which they considered they had set up in a type of uh, ritualistic way and they would uh kill these women while they killed the women robin would read uh passages from the satanic bible they would cut off the woman's left breast um they would eat parts of it sometimes parts of the women other parts of the women they would sexually assault the women they would all masturbate into the breast and then robin kept most of them uh, at, at least one of the guys in the group claimed to have seen a box of left breasts he said that there was 15 of them in the box um and then they would dump the bodies other uh, places now uh they were uh, convicted i guess they're it's really believed that they killed more but you know right now they're pegging them responsible for 18 murders 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, again, there was there's probably more to it. Um, all of the men had gotten life in prison, were all convicted of murder, except for Robin. Robin was not. Um, he was convicted convicted with um other things. However, he is he is uh in prison. He got 120 years in prison. Um, but you know, obviously these guys did it because they were in some type of cult. It wasn't just that. Um, people knew that they were in some type of cult together. I didn't know they were killing people. Um, but word on 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 the town and like these guys and their you know their family members and their friends knew that they were in a cult. And that it was Robin Gecht who was the kind of the leader of this cult. And obviously, you know, there's some Satanism involved there. Robin maintains, well, I don't, he, I believe he is still alive. He maintains this day that he never killed anybody um, or did anything like that, of course. But the other, the guys say otherwise. Um, so that's kind of, that's the basics of it. Um, the interesting thing, the little tidbit, I found out about Robin Gecht because I read this fun fact and the fun fact was that he actually worked for John Wayne Gacy. Yeah, for his construction company. Yeah, and they, they worked together. Now, whether or not either of them knew that they were killing people in such horrific ways, nobody knows. Well, um, there's there's people that have suggested, even John Wayne Gacy has suggested. Was not that, alone. Yeah, that he didn't work yeah. alone or that he was part of some bigger conspiracy. And uh, people wonder if Robin tied into that. And there are some instances, like when you look at the Gacy case and you look at the possibility of other people being involved where, you know, it definitely makes you wonder. I mean, maybe we'll do a Gacy episode. One of these. Maybe we'll have like a serial killer month and we'll talk about some big, some big people. We could do a Gacy. That's actually, it's interesting that we never, we haven't done that yet because like that a was big, such big a big case. Yeah. Cause that's a huge, and I remember aspects of that cause he was alive. I mean, he's dead now, but he died when I was like in high school or like eighth grade or something. He was yeah. alive for a while um and people you know it wasn't that long ago after i was born that i remember hearing my mom and my relatives talk about it like that was a that was a really big fucking deal well he's got he's a very interesting i mean you know i i i he's a very interesting case like they believe that most of his uh weirdness was attributed to this head injury that he had as a child and that's interesting and you know, and then of course the double life aspect to it, and just you know, we'll, we'll we'll probably talk about it. I don't know. How about I do a poll? Do you guys like these true crime episodes? I mean, the numbers say that they do pretty well, but you know, if, if you like them, I mean, we could definitely do more of them. I, yeah. I like talking about it, so you know, it's again one of my other favorite things. Um, I'll do the poll and let me know. But anyway, um, so yeah, they they we you know he at least they work together, which was weird. Small, right. uh, you know, small small world. Sure. Um, but yeah i mean as far as these these women goes i mean obviously they knew that there was some type of group happening because they were all missing their left breast every time and they were i mean uh, plus other things i mean they were you know they had personal items so that they weren't robbing these women um (laughs) you know some of them were still found with money on their person and things like that and you know but they were sexually assaulting them you know they knew that and again they their titty was missing so um, but which was weird because Robin Gecht, like, even though, like, even his wife was like, he did not do this. That's not possible. Like, maintained, as, and she might even still be alive, has maintained his innocence. Um, but an, an ex-girlfriend did come forward and say that, like, during sex one night, he had, like, mutilated her titty. <laughs> and, you know, she found that at that point, she's like, oh, he's nuts. And, like, left. So, like, that was kind of his thing. I don't know why. 
Um, but he was really into that. I don't, I don't know. But you know, again, obviously this, uh, this group of people is a little bit different. I mean, they did it. Well, Robin probably didn't really believe in, in Satanism. Let's just get that out of the way. Uh, he probably wasn't really a Satanist. He probably did it because he's a sadist, right? He probably did it because he's got issues. However, the rest of the guys in the group probably were not very smart as far as we know. They're, I mean, you know, you can look all of them up individually and see the kind of people they were. Probably weren't very smart. Um, and they probably did believe that they were a part of something larger than themselves. Um, so to them, they probably thought they were doing this for religious reasons. Yeah, I, that was one of the notes that I had was that uh, the Satanism shit just sounds like stuff that Robin was making up. Like it doesn't not that I am an expert on the occult or or rituals right. or anything, but just and not that there's a lot of details about exactly the kind of rites that they enacted. There's but, not. Yeah. But just based on what I read and what I know, it sounds very much like thrown together like you like like you said like he was probably doing it more for show and to create a specific atmosphere to kind of get control over these guys he was using it as a tool of manipulation not to itch his not not as a tool of like divination or anything like that he didn't think that he was invoking any kind of like evil spirit or or communicating with satan he was just using it as a way to control the other three guys into thinking that they were a part of something bigger or that that robin's commands were coming from a higher power and they weren't just robin telling them to do shit right right exactly and so you know and for robin it was just you know he just was wanted to kill these women and masturbate on their severed titties i mean that's what you know i guess you know that's that's really all it was i I would assume for him of course it's hard because again he maintains his innocence so it's not like Mm -hmm. it's not like in the case of like armin where he will talk about it freely and tell you how he justified it why he thought it was okay and what he was doing you know what this guy does not do that so that makes it difficult um but you know obviously you know i think he had something at play there mentally that was off because otherwise if we really thought he was doing it for religious reasons he'd just come out and be like yeah i did it because hail satan you know what i mean like that's what hail satan (laughs) right i mean he would just say that um but what's interesting is that like these guys weren't careful i mean they really weren't and it took them kind of not a crazy long time to get caught or anything but 18 women to get caught and they had two victims get away two of them survived Mm -hmm. the first one you know she gave them the description and just nothing ever came out of it and then you know finally by the time the second one was caught um they actually the police questioned robin and they were they were gonna let him go they didn't have anything to convict him on and it was when they went to one of the other guys and immediately the other guy just told him everything told him everything what you have a lot of some of them are prostitutes number one most of them Um, are you know yeah so there's not there's not so you know it's kind of like well that's what they get for being fucking whores like you know especially in the 1980s right right and number two it was in chicago it was the outlying western suburbs so you have different police departments kind of investigating these different cases yeah and you know they're not all working together they're not all sharing information so um and they don't necessarily have the resources to go after this stuff you know what i mean if right. when, when you're when you're villa park when you're you know hanover park when you're one of these suburbs out in the west and you know a dead chicago hooker shows up in a, in a dumpster somewhere 
you're just like okay fucking great like you know how are you you don't have the resources at the time or even the inclination to try to trace her back to the city and figure out who came who grabbed her from where and why they dropped her off you know and this is something about a lot of these crimes and also something i've noticed in um meeting people off the internet is that there's a lot of weird trash that washes up along 290 like if you look at that expressway that's the one that kind of runs through all the suburbs where like these crimes happened i have often said that 290's got to be built on fucking dragon lines or something because you would just get the weirdest bitches okay. online like if, if 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 i had if i was gonna if i was talking to some girl online and she's like yeah come on over and i had to map quest how to get to her house and it involved me going on 290 i was like oh great this is gonna be, i i better write my address and, and stick oh right God, to, Pat, you're gonna just cancel generalizing <laughs> write this write this address and stick it underneath my keyboard because i might not come back from this one like it, it was as opposed to 294 which goes north of the city up towards wisconsin those were always beautiful lovely people 290 when you go into the western burbs it's a lot of fucking weirdos and that's where gacy was from that's where all these guys were hanging out and killing people and dumping the bodies this is where the the, the palatine browns chicken shit it's all western burbs and oh, i don't yeah. know you told me about that <laughs> yeah i don't know what i don't know what it is about that area but like oh my god you could set your watch to it there's something fucking off about that spot and i always kind of attributed it to you know people that couldn't hack it in the city or or, or wanted to live in chicago had to work in chicago whatever or had to work in chicago but didn't want to live in it and they, and they want to kind of stick out to the burbs they want to be on the outliners they want to be on the edge of town right they don't want to be necessarily you know in town they want to be a little bit away from the campfire okay. so they can do what they want to do underneath the cover of dark that's always the vibe i got you know it's a lot of mob shit out there too um if you look at a lot of those old suburbs they were kind of like places that the mobsters would live because they wanted to keep their shit separate from chicago in case the chicago police ever came looking for them but uh yeah it, it's it's a weird spot and then you talk about the 80s when all that stuff was kind of just being developed you know um and it just it, this reading this this case in this story it creates a very um it's very atmospheric for me having grown up here like i can you know you look at these people and it it, it really does and these locations and these kind of crimes and it, it it invokes the feeling of a different time that i think is very much when i think of the satanic panic i think of this kind of stuff and this was very much where well this one i mean this one definitely we feels it because they were doing i mean they were doing whether or not the leader thought that there was anything to it they were doing satanic rituals i mean it it, it helps the case now we know now that satanic panic is not real like we know that you know, that's why we call it satanic panic it's not it's not it's not a real thing it's just and it just kind of evolves and and we will get more into that um this is uh kind of if you're still here listening <laughs> kind of your little treat for what's coming but um you know th this is one of those things that again fed into that and made it all the more real for people that were already like that's probably happening and then cases like this happen and they're like oh see it's definitely happening see we knew it was happening they obviously played dnd i you know i don't know <laughs> well it was it was enough a part of the cultural zeitgeist that 
Robin Getch knew to invoke it when he was trying to rally these people behind him. I mean, whether or not he had any actual ties to the religion, I don't think he did, but he knew he knew that it was it was in the air. It was it was very very of the time. I don't think that he would be as successful doing that now as he was then. If you were to try to like like you know uh, rally up four guys to cut off titties for you. You know, I don't know if you could do that nowadays and just say, oh, yeah, we're Satanists. I think people would kind of be like, what? <laughs> like, no, you're not. Like, you know, like, I Googled that shit. That's not real. You know, <laughs> or like, like, you know, like, I think it would just, it, it, it's too, it, it's not the same thing as it was back then. But back then, you know, as much as the panic aspect, and I'm sure we'll get to that when we talk about it, sure. was was unfounded. Um Satanism was, I mean, it was, it's not like it wasn't real, you know, I don't think it was everywhere, but it was, it definitely was in some places. And there were some people using it, uh, to their own devices, you know? I mean, Satanism is a very real religion. I mean, first of all, let's get that out of the way, but Satanists aren't bad people. They don't. Well, I I think bad people come in all shapes and form, you know? Well, sure. But I mean, they're not inherently bad anymore. People and cut off titties and jerk off to them and in them and whatever. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Like, I like a big titty as much as the next guy, but I don't want to slice one open, peel it back, and then. Like, that was... Yeah, that's with a bunch nice. of other guys like sitting around, like, okay, let's all. You guys ready? I wonder if they had to shoot their load at once, or like if they took their. I... Okay, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> they probably. Who knows? How, it's really how you... I, I never even get how like. Like, if you had, if I had to, dude, if. If if I'm trying to have sex and my dog barks in the other room, I lose my boner. Like I can't right. imagine having to like wrestle somebody down or like fight with somebody and then fuck them like that. To me, just seems and like these, like they're alive. Like the in one like the one survivor, what they did like they ended up you know I I think they cut off her titty and then like they stabbed her or something and then like jerked off into her wound and then duct taped it shut and then left her there and then dropped her off and left her. Like, how was that sexy? None of that is sexy. Like, that's not. Fucking that's not. Okay. Suburbanites, man. Right. Right. And then, like you said, I mean, gosh, the dog barking. And, like, what? It, they didn't have peer pressure with everybody watching? Like, everybody's looking at you and you're like, oh. Well, it, it sounds like, and I, I might have to go back over the facts of the case. It doesn't sound like the four of them were, like, rolling in four deep every time they did this shit. It seems like there was, you know, like, every, maybe every crime you had a different. Well, like I said, at least seven of the cases they were all in the attic doing this. They took them to they took oh, wow, them to okay. the attic, right? And it was a ritual. It is really hard to find details about the case. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I suppose you would probably have to go back and read the actual transcripts to get like a, a you know, the best picture of the story that you could. And I, I'm assuming nobody did that for what four or five guys, you know, and that, it's a lot. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> you know, and then plus the you know the he said she said, and then you got Robin who's not admitting to it and whatever. Um, but you know, it, it did, they did make it seem like, and like the one victim said that she was grabbed up by multiple men, grabbed on the street, um, or survivor rather grabbed on the street and, uh, you know, by all these guys. And so, you know, it does, it does sound like they did it together for the most part. Now, whether or not they, you know, they wonder now if, if Robin was responsible for other murders on his own accord, mm-hmm. you know, but he, he definitely could have been, but again, there's no, that's just speculation. He's never admitted it. He's never talked to anybody about it in prison. They don't have any evidence. You know, that's that. Again, people wonder if he was involved with Gacy. 
there's just no evidence that he was we'll never know you know um but you know either way i mean he they were doing it for some type of ritualistic you know reason now i believe that two two of them are out at least one of them is out of prison but i think it's two of them are now out of prison one of them got out recently because i think that was when this that was something that brought this to this specific case to my attention was that maybe within the past 10 years one of them got released i think in 2019 yeah or even sooner that makes sense and then you know reading that story it linked to the original stories and then it was all back on my radar again yeah he ended up moving actually his address you can his address is online he lives at like this christian shelter they took him in yeah. uh, because he, he his family was like really a part of the church like a big part of the church and things like that and they had maintained his, they've always maintained his innocence actually i think i believe that he, they he said that it was one of them said that it was okay that they killed these people because he was already saved actually i'm sorry i think that was william Sapp that said that um one of the people that we talked about tonight did say that they they were talking to a prisoner they said it's all right i killed those people i'm already saved so it's fine <laughs> and uh that was okay but the one guy in the in the chicago river case his um his family was really big into the church the church really backed him he's now out of prison um living his best life he killed at least 18 women and jerked off into their titty and it's fine um i mean i don't know if he's necessarily living his best life he's alive well which is more than you can say for you know his victims but uh that's true you also got to live with what you did and if you did it in the first place you're probably kind of fucked in the head so maybe some crazy motherfucker living in a church basement somewhere i don't necessarily want to (laughs) switch spots with him i think that uh robin is up for parole soon whether or not he will get it is another story but he is up for parole um, and then, like I said, I believe at least one other guy is out, but they tend to protect these people once they get out. So some of them, I think, have the option. You should write these guys a letter and see if they want to come on the podcast. You see? Sure. Yeah. We'll do that. Maybe he'll, they'll talk about it. I don't, I mean, if you guys want to, if you're a killer out there and you want to <laughs> talk about killing, I just, I am very curious. I would like to know exactly kind of what went down. I mean, it's a horrific case because they're talking, you're talking, you know, murder, you're talking torture, rape necrophilia cannibalism all in one and not just one person doing it multiple people doing it you know how many crazy people i have to talk to because of this show anyway what do you mean why like Like me every week no i mean like the random crazy people that fucking bother us because of this fucking show like i would i I would like to you know to to interview somebody that had like an at a really interesting story like this where I would just want to know, like, what was, you know, what what were you hoping to achieve? Like, did you feel like you were communicating with something? Just the religious aspect of it. I don't need to have him walk me through, like, you know, all the lives that he ended, you know. But just, like, is it, was it about the act? Was it about, did you think that you were serving a higher power? Mm-hmm. You know, like, is that why you did it? Well, uh, yeah, I understand. I mean, that's because this wasn't like four guys that thought they were so smart they could get away with some shit. No, right? These weren't four, these weren't four there guys. Was no that met on behind it. it. Like I said, they were really dumb. They were leaving semen and everything behind. They were really dumb. They were just grabbing people off the street, grabbing these prostitutes off the street, throwing them in the van, and taking them to the fucking murder attic. You know, it, yeah. they weren't. And this, you know, I mean, it, it seems like unless there's unless there's 
more than like a lot more than what we know about the span of crimes was only about 18 months a little bit less than that so which is a long time but it's not like this was years and years and years they have it's like the golden state guy or whatever right where it was like decades this person was getting away with this shit you know they they pretty much killed about one person a month right about 18 months and that's what they were doing and um you know that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty prolific run but it's almost one that's kind of like unsustainable yeah are you gonna do you're gonna do one person a month for the rest of your lives like when does this end what's what's the goal here what are you what are you reaching towards is it is it the perfection of the act was it just robin doing it you have four people you know you got four different motives for 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 doing that stuff you know how were how were these four people collected you know what i mean um were they people that had interest in the first place or was that interest implanted and then kind of fostered by him right um it's really interesting and it kind of goes to show like people are people are weird man and people are very susceptible to influence and when when you talk about why there was so much satanic panic back in the 80s at all it was because people worried about their kids i mean if you look at this case and you look you look at the facts of this case and you look at the Loeb and leopold case you know what do we take away what do we learn today charlie brown what we take away from it is that you know unsuspecting people of high intelligence can be corrupted by outside influences and forced to and 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 you know um inspired to commit unspeakable acts sure absolutely absolutely you there that you can definitely be influenced by um you know things that you never really thought that you could be involved because again i'm sure you know i'm sure that there's at least you know at least in the case of like the first case that we had and then and in this case i mean when it came to the the middle cases where it was just the two individuals they were probably both really fucked up people in that case when you have groups of people usually there is at least one person that knows they know that it's wrong they just do like in the case with the Wyndham guy you know they just continue to inch forward closer and closer and closer and then you know before you know it it's just like you know what the frog sitting in the in the boiling water you know the boiling water heats up very slowly they don't realize that it's boiling until it's too late you know right no i think that's i think that's exactly right and i think that like look i've never killed anybody but ask me if i've ever done anything that i knew was wrong well have you yeah i know you have too you know (laughs) that sounded very very wrong i don't think we've ever done anything wrong together no 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 no. of course not of course we're not suggesting that i'm just saying like you know i know fucking i know you have and i know i have too and i know most people have listening to the show sure uh, if not everybody sure and and before we before we say like okay there's a line that i know that i will never cross or there's a line that i know that i could never cross um don't be so sure who knows maybe right. maybe think about if- your own boundary well i think that's a better way to put it not something that we shouldn't doing stuff that we know is wrong no doing stuff that pushed our boundaries have you ever pushed your boundaries before i, I have I, I once when when I first discovered masturbation, I promised to myself that I would never jerk off on Sunday. 
and now you jerk off every Sunday. Well, no, not necessarily, <laughs> but let's just say it's happened. Like that, that was that was a line that I drew in the sand that I eventually stepped across, and I, I don't remember what exactly made me do it, but rest assured, I did it. Well, right. Um, I mean, we we won't we won't you know we create boundaries for ourselves all the time. I'm not going to do that. You know, being somebody that's been in you know domestic abuse situations, like I I know. Oh my god! Like initially, yeah. I go into the relationship, and I'm like, "Well, I would never put up with something like that." And then, lo and behold, I'm the one putting up with something like that. So, I mean, right. you know, it's it happens a lot. I mean, I, well, not that just in general with people in general, you know. Sure, 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 sure. I think yeah, the the human psyche and our moral compasses are more susceptible than to influence than we probably like to admit, and maybe that's why the satanic panic caught hold like it did is because if we admit that about ourselves then we admit that outside agencies can influence our behavior and the behavior of our children and that was why we looked at some of these things with so much suspicion and apprehension is because you know and we laugh about it now and maybe maybe some of those things were very innocuous but like hey so is chanting with a bunch of fucking cannibals on a website about how it'd be funny to eat somebody and it's sure. all just a joke and you're just talking shit online right until somebody says hey i'm gonna drive over tonight right and the next thing you know you're cutting the dude's dick off and frying it in a frying pan and giving it to your dog <laughs> you know what i mean like who fucking, yeah it's a slippery slope you start it's a- start playing with those breaks this is abstinence that's why abstinence is the only answer (laughs) don't eat people at all don't go on don't go online at all this is this is why listen if if you're a parent and you need to talk to your kid about sex just have them listen to this episode this is why you don't have sex it's obviously the devil um I just no. I mean, you, hire Pato to have the talk with your child. Um, my God, I keep trying to have it with my son, and he's like, "Stop it, stop it, stop it!" Like, well, you're, like, you're eleven now. You should know. Stop it, stop it. Doesn't want to talk about. It. <laughs> he's not having it. Well, um, but no. Uh, I mean, you're right. You know, it is. It is a very slippery slope. Things move quickly life in general moves very quickly and you know before you know it you're uh, uh in in prison for murder i guess and you you help do you think that anybody that we talked about today shouldn't be in prison for the rest of their life i i don't know i'm glad that i don't have to make that decision i there's only one person i ever had put in prison and that was enough for me that was you had you your <laughs> yeah yeah I, I mean, what should I applaud these guys for their creative approach to jerking off on titties? Like, eh. you know, that's not how I jerk off on titties, but you know, there's other, there's different ways to jerk off. On <laughs> that, titties, that's that's the, those Western suburbs for you. I think it's a whole different breed out there. <laughs> it's such a weird, it's, it's, I just, I don't, I'm not sure. You're right. I don't know what the point of that, like even ritualistically, like why, like why did they do that? Like why? <laughs> What, what, which okay this is, this is our fucking i actually have to go this show's been going on entirely too long yeah what is what is the hardest one for you to wrap your head around the fucking cannibal shit like the straight up like german armin cannibal stuff or the ripper crew like dissection like ripping titties off with piano wire stuff but definitely the Ripper crew is is yeah is because you know what the, the cannibal one again Armin was nice you know he, they they went out and 
you know, he did it with consent. And uh, and with the river crew, that's just fucking horrifying. I mean, that was completely disgusting. Yeah. You know. So Yeah, it was a different, yeah. But as far as, like, weird goes, like, as, like, a weirdness level, I mean, they're both pretty weird. Again, like, I don't know what the, like, what did these guys think would happen by them ejaculating into a, t- inside of a titty? Like, wh- and why the left titty? Like, what? What are the details? <laughs> Maybe it's going above the heart. Maybe it was a heart thing. Maybe it wasn't necessarily, right? Because that's, like, where the heart's at. Yeah, but if you're going to kill this person, why not just rip the heart out and jerk off an it? I mean you know it's just weird it's i don't know you know you're right maybe we'll write to these guys like this like i said the one guy no you gotta do it they're not gonna they're not gonna answer me you look like the kind of person that writes the guys in prison anyway fucking cut my titties off and jerk in jerk off into them like no (laughs) i like both of my titties and i'd like to keep them yeah i mean they're good for the podcast too what can i say (laughs) Okay. Well, on that note, guys, uh, obviously next week is it's 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 here. It's here and it's big. We're going to talk about Satanic Panic. I don't usually uh, tease you guys with what the next episode's going to be, but uh, that's for sure the next episode, and uh, that's what we're talking about. So, if you would like to learn more about Satanic Panic, we'll uh, see you back here next Wednesday. <laughs>